All right, so we have a, a confluence of events going on in the past, I'd say, week, two weeks? Three uh, weeks. Three weeks, yeah. We could even take it back to Judge Kavanaugh with some linkage, as you'll see. All right, so our listeners, you know what I'm going to talk about, but our listeners don't. Right. Okay, so let me get into this. All right, so there are three cases, three matters. One is the Smollett case. What's his first name? Jussie. Jussie Justin, yeah. but Jussie. With a U, yeah, Jussie. Juicy, Jussie, yeah. So Jussie uh, Smollett, uh, who was uh, an actor in this TV show called Empire. There is the Covington uh, boys, uh, one particular boy. What's his last Nick name? Nick Sandman. Sandman, right. Uh, and then <clears throat> there is the uh, story of, uh, a separate story uh, of this kid in Berkeley that is a conservative, actually, and he gets punched in the face uh, by a conservative. By, not by, 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 not, by an by anti-liberal, yeah, type, by, yeah. By anti, anti-conservative type. I, mean, I assume that he's uh, a lefty. But it, it's quite clear from his language that he's a lefty, certainly not a Trump supporter. Anyway, so these are stories. There's another other story that you wanted to raise uh, along with this, those uh, I thought the the Jeremy the uh, Governor Northam story yes, ties in, yeah. and with of course Fairfax. And uh, the reason I mentioned Kavanaugh slash Blasey Ford is just because you have another fraud back then, a few weeks, <clears throat> crying her eyes out, saying, <laughs> "Oh, it was a fraud. There's no doubt about it." I, yeah. Look, we called Kevin. it out. Let me let me tell you this, uh, and and I want if there's one thing I want to get out of this side of the podcast uh, is that you can smell these things right away. So, for example, the Smollett case, uh, I, I knew three weeks ago, and I said this in my, park, in my Sunday show, I said, this is a fraud. This is a totally fabricated thing. Uh, I knew with the Kavanaugh hearings, uh, as soon as this story was uh, breached by Dianne Feinstein, um, <clears throat> that it was a fraud. Yeah, she finds this letter at 11th hour. We immediately said, before all that rigmarole, yeah, there's, there's, there's this is fraud. There's, there's more to it. Yeah. There's more to it. and Because I, 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 want, I want you to understand. Um, and then the story of the, the Muslim woman girl who, who alleged that four Trump, white Trumpers, of course, it's always white guys, uh, brandishing, uh, you know, hateful swastikas or whatever, saying, you know, g- you know, get out of here, Muslim, and terrible things like Grabbed that. Grabbed her hijab or something like that. Yeah. Those, yeah. Um, I, I knew that was a, a fraud right away as well. Um, and so, you know, you, you got the Kavanaugh, and then the, the Covington story, which is not quite, I mean, it, it wasn't an allegation in the same way, but nevertheless, you knew that this was a fraud as well. So, you know, how, how can you tell when something like this is a fraud? I'll tell you. The Smolletic case is the easiest one, I think. The, the depiction of the alleged assault is too cartoonish. It's as if <clears throat> you asked a kid just to imagine something uh, out of nowhere. There's, the details are, are lacking. You see, it turns out that life is never a cliché, Right? I mean, everything, you know, if you, if you were to look at my friend Ari here, for example, and I were to describe him as a white guy, right, a white Jewish guy for that matter, uh, you know, a lot of people would have a certain look in their heads about Ari right now. And they, they would be wrong because if they look at Ari, they, it would not necessarily fit the image that they have in their head. Likewise with me. You know, whether we're a Jewish lawyer or whatever it might be, or I'm from Israel originally and such like that. You know, you would, if, if you were to think of an Israeli, 
you wouldn't think of me. But I'm actually a typical Israeli, and I put that in quotes as well. It turns out life is just not, it, it, there's no ordinary day. Okay, you go, to, you go to work, and you imagine yourself making a couple phone calls, and you close the door at exactly 5 o'clock. And, no, it doesn't work that way. There's always a nuance to life. No matter how basic you think it is, life is full of nuances. And so the way we are able to find out whether somebody's lying to us is we trip them up on the nuances. I ask, for example, in a deposition, when somebody is claiming something that I suspect is a lie, I'll say, tell me more about it. <clears throat> when did this happen? Who was there in the room? What were you wearing? Right? Uh, what did he say to you? What did you say back to him? And I ask for more and more details. And they always trip up. It's impossible to keep this, this charade up, as it were. And they try, but they can't do it. So the more you grill people about the basic nuances, because there are always nuances, then, then it falls apart. This particular thing, the Smollett story, was such a cliche. Uh, you know, he was surrounded by how many? F four guys also? Two. Two? Yeah, two. And they were wearing MAGA hats. In 29 degree <clears throat> below weather. Right. And but, On the south side of Chicago. Right. And they were, you know, white guys, typical white guys, you know, what, what else did they look like? You know, that sort of thing. And they said these racial slurs and they had a noose sort of thing. Like, who, who would think to do that? It, it does, first of all, it doesn't happen. You just don't ever see it happening. It's as if, as if they took some, some guys from, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, uh, from the Civil War and they think, okay, here you go. Let's, let's throw these guys into the situation. Oh, and, and why not have them ride around on horses instead of, instead of tanks, right? It, 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 nothing about it made sense. It's too vanilla. It's too, it, it's no, there's no nuance to it. Um, and then you ask the question, hey, why you, Smollett, right? Why? Why were you, yeah. famous actor, right, out in 29-degree weather on the south side of Chicago that particular night? Yeah. That's right. It doesn't make what? any sense. Why you and why not some other, you know, black gay schlub out there who I just happened to be? And they just wanted to beat him up. But they happened to pick you, you know, famous star from this TV, successful TV show called Empire, that you're the one that they targeted, right? It didn't make sense. And they targeted you. It was perfect intersectionality, right? They targeted you because you were black and gay. Right. Black and gay. Right. They didn't just look at you and say, uh, drop a certain word that starts with the letter N. Right. They didn't drop, they didn't just target you and do a gay bash and target you with a word that started with the letter F. They right. happened to do both. Right. Like they, like they had just come from their intersectionality feminist class at the University of Chicago and said, you know what? We're very frustrated with the multiculturalism we just right. had to sit through. Right. Let's go bash a black gay guy. Right. Get this out of our systems. It's hysterical. It's exactly right. That's that's what it's like. Yeah, and then he did one other thing. I don't know if you've ever been in an uncomfortable, icky situation where people have done icky things to you, but generally, if you're in an icky situation, the first thing you want to do is de-ick yourself. Right. So this guy marches, tra traipses right into, that means walk very slowly, by the way, traipses into the police station, and he still has the noose around his neck. Yes. He didn't get bashed, lynched, whatever, and immediately cast the noose off and go, ah, he put a noose around me and throw it away, run hysterically at police. I just got lynched. I just got lynched. Where is it? It's over there. It's over there. It's over there. Right? Right. So he calmly walks in, 
Oh my God, I just got lynched. See this noose around my neck? Also, the world's going to end in 12 years, but I got right. a noose around right, right. That's a global warming joke. But the boy, he doesn't de-ick himself. I know, <laughs> right. it's, it's, it's weird. No, and look, and the, the easiest thing, the thing that really triggered it in terms of, because by this time the story had already broken <clears throat> that there's these allegations, but there was a problem. He would not let uh, the police see his phone records at the time of the alleged attack. It turns out he was talking to his manager while this alleged attack was happening, which would, you know, kind of make it somewhat awkward. Like, uh, excuse me, uh, manager, I, I've got, I'm dealing with these, uh, these racists, and, you know, I want, I want, yeah, I want 2%. No, at least 2%. Yeah. And, and talking deal terms with his manager, and while at the same time being beaten up or threatened, at the very least, by these uh, white racist nationals. He went for a walk in 29 degree below zero weather in Chicago to have a talk with his manager about the pay raise he wanted. Nothing, nothing of it. Yeah. It, it started not making sense real quick. Right. <laughs> so, so it all, it all busted out and it was, too, it was too easy. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, I just, and I said, this is a, a charade. You'll see. And then sure enough, it was a charade and it was very easy to see. So same thing now when you're looking at the, um, uh, what was the, oh, uh, the, um, What's the other? The, Covington. The Covington. Oh, yeah, Co- I want to talk about Covington in a second. I, let's talk about the Muslim girl um, who was. Now, it turns out, according to her, by the way, she was just re- recently sentenced for her fake crime. And it's exactly the same thing. She, she was surrounded by these, these guys. I think it was four white guys, uh, you know, taunting her and such. <clears throat> there are no witnesses to it at all. Uh, there, video cameras in, in the subway didn't show anything at, at all uh, to the matter. Yes, she reported it, and it quickly, you know, spiraled out of control for her. And she, you know, being young and such, she realized that she was going to be in big trouble. So she ended up copping to it. And this was bad stuff, just really, really bad stuff. Um, And yet people, of course, glom onto it. But you need to be much more cynical, my friends. I mean, that's the, if you're a lefty, you need to be much more cynical. Every time you hear this, you've got to say, I I don't know. Look, you want to believe that this sort of stuff is happening throughout the country, uh, you know, be my guest. Okay, but, but at the very least, anytime there is a story that happens, it tends to be, well, what's the word I'm looking for? False. Okay, literally, there's literally no story that I know of in the past, I don't know, say 10 years, where you can say, boy, that was, that was one racist uh, rant, and, and uh, you know, these people were beaten up precisely consistent with the claim of the person making it. And like, the claim of the leftist media that this particular victim group was victimized by those attackers. Right. We see plenty of lynching, by the way, all right. the time. But it's, it's Antifa against Trump supporters. Right, exactly. Like right. San Jose. Right. Now, I will say there was, uh, you know, people will point out one exception, uh, and, and to some extent they're right to, to point it out, which is that uh, monster who... Went into a black church and killed uh, ten or yeah, Dylan Roof. That's right. the guy. Yeah. <clears throat> now, and, and the well, guy that's, who shot up the Jewish church, uh, synagogue in Pittsburgh. Yeah, those. He those, hated Jews. Yeah. Right, but that guy, the second guy, by the way, was uh, he hated Trump. I mean, I, I don't know how they, they they're trying to fashion him to be a Trump supporter. He clearly hated Trump. Oops, you know. Right. And Roof was non-political. There's just was, yeah, nothing, nothing to do with anything. <laughs> yeah. Now that doesn't. But he clearly wanted to kill black people, and that's right. that's the vicious part of it. Uh, but but that's different. You know, I, I think maybe a, just a difference without significance, but nevertheless, it's different than what we're talking about, where somebody is proclaiming that something happened to him or her, and the media piles on with it, and now it's a question of whether or not it actually happened. 
Okay, so that's not the case with Dylan Roof. Dylan Roof went into a, a black church and killed people, and it's, there's no issue that he did it. So there, there, in the past 10 years, there's no story like what happened with the Muslim girl that we talked about or uh, Jesse Smollett where it actually happened. Nothing. Uh, you got the Trayvon Martin situation. That didn't happen either. That wasn't a thing. You got and the big Fer- baby brown in Ferguson. Right, right Ferguson. Uh, that didn't happen the way that they claimed it to happen. Uh, not, nothing. You have no story. Literally zero stories. Oh, uh, Freddie Gray? Oh, no, that didn't happen either. That didn't happen. Eric Garner? Oh, that didn't happen either. Right. Um. <clears throat> and these are, these are the cause celebrities. And, they, and, and you point it out to them, and they say, well, it's, there's so many of them out there. And uh, you know, they all add up a little bit. And I said, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, let's say <clears throat> that you, know, you, can, you, you can add up the, the number 243,632 times zero. And guess what? It's still zero, right? And it, that's, that's the way it is. There's zero to each of these stories. And yet they still try to suggest that there's something meaningful in the cumulative value of all these stories. It doesn't. It means nothing. Yeah, Rodney King, it's, it turns out, was a reckless driver on PCP. Who uh, would not stop moving? Yeah. Sorry, it looked ugly. Yeah, it, it was <laughs> right. This is uh, this is o- the reality of police uh, OJ enforcement. Actually, killed two white people a few blocks from where we are now. Right. It, it was not a cover up. No. <laughs> Remember, stop this cover up. Yeah. No cover up. <laughs> Everything about it. People. People are very funny. They they want to believe these stories because it fits their agenda. They want. They, it fits. Um. The, the, the notion that they want to believe that there's wild anti-Semitism going on, there's wild racism going on, there's wild misogyny going on and so forth. None of the facts are actually there. But they, they look for it. They, they want it so badly. It's a little bit like the story of, uh, I, I think I think it was the New York Times or some major liberal outlet uh, said that the Mueller investigation is coming out soon with a report and that many people will be disappointed with it. That, in other words, that there won't be evidence of treason on the part of our president. And you, you think, like, well, wait a minute. You're unhappy that your president has not committed treason? I, 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 I want to understand this. Aren't you happy that your president is an American, American who loves America and is not working with the Russians? Isn't that a good thing? Wouldn't you rather your president not be a treasonous bastard? So, in other words, you'd be, you'd be happy if they found out, if Mueller came out with strong evidence that somehow this president collaborated with the Russians in some sort of you know, uh, illegal way, we don't even know what the crime might be, but nevertheless, some sort of way, let's say, to uh, fabricate votes, which would clearly be a, a, a terrible crime, you're, you're, you're not going to be happy unless you find that information. Okay, to which I say, you're a sick person if that's what would make you happy or not happy. Right. Think of how sick you must be as a black person to be happy that there's an epidemic of racist lynchings going on in your country right. in the modern age. Right. This is how bad it's I gotten. I mean, it, we've gone from having an epidemic of racist lynchings happening in certain regions of the country before the civil rights movement <clears throat> to having to fabricate racist lynchings today. And you're unhappy that they have to be fabricated? Right. I think the fact that, just as someone who hates racism, the fact that lynchings have to be fabricated is the greatest news for race relations, I think, in the history of race relations. Right. You have to. It's, fa- it's amazing that you have to pay guys to fabricate your lynchings now. Right. 
Because well, you can't find them otherwise. I guess they. I guess Millette took uh, very seriously that phrase, "fake it till you make it." You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? So fake, fake this thing, and then then that will encourage other people to uh, other white supremacists to, uh, to uh, sorry, real white supremacists to actually go forward and start beating up black and gay people, presumably, uh, because you know, let's let's do it. But you know who did that exactly? Who who was hoping for that? A man named Charles Manson, That's back right. in the uh, late sixties. And he did these horrific crimes. Yeah, August of 1969. He did these horrific crimes for the purpose of showing the black man, he used a much more vulgar phrase, uh, showing the black man how to do it, how to start this race war. He wanted it. He wanted a big war between uh, blacks and whites. He was obviously a racist. Uh, He's obviously a madman beyond belief. And he killed, what was it, uh, a total of 10 people in in a horrific I mean, unbelievably sadistic way. And, um, but, but he's no different than what Smollett did. You know, I guess the only difference is that Smollett didn't kill anybody. But nevertheless, he tried to do the exact same thing. He tried to spark a fire, uh, at least a controversy vis-a-vis himself, and to show that somehow this is happening all throughout the country. No doubt in his own mind, in his own mind I'm talking about, Jesse Smollett envisioned himself you know, uh, now talking in front of cameras all over. We need to end racism now. I hope that my my situation happened. Uh, whatever happened to me will be a lesson to the world and to fight racism. We need to fight it more so than ever. You know, and Donald Trump, you need to take note that racism is is real here in America. And same thing with anti-gay uh, bashing. <clears throat> and uh, you, we need to fight that too. And and he keeps on and he tries it. It, it, and he sees it in his mind's eye. This is this is how this is the classic leftist mindset, right? That they think that by if they're not caught, then the people will believe their own lies. And and he goes forward with it, and of course nothing of the sort happens. It's quickly unraveled by the Chicago police, no less. Much to their credit, by the way, they did a great job finding this out really quickly. But at the same time, it was too easy to quit, to find out. So. Uh, I, I'm, I'm impressed with two things. One is the Chicago police, like I said. The second thing that impresses me is the extraordinary willingness of the human mind to believe what it wants to believe. In this case, Smollett and so many of his leftist followers and otherwise wanted to believe so badly that this horrific crime happened to him that they themselves you know, spouted off what they had to spout. And that this was endemic and racism and so on and forth. So you'd expect that to, this is this is what that, that's what happened, and the left glommed, glommed onto it because it fit into their agenda. Uh, and it's it's just it's very hard, Ari. I got to tell you, what what happens to these leftists who are start asking themselves, you know, maybe maybe there is no real serious racism going on in this country. Maybe in fact this country is pretty damn good. Maybe. The whole anti-gay thing is not as real as I thought it was. If we have to fabricate it, like you said, Ari, then is there really is it really going on at all? And I, I think that you know we're going to turn a lot of Democrats to the Republican side at some point. But for a lot of leftists, you know, the older ones especially, who are so embedded in this, it's it's it must do a real mind f to well, themselves. You, you would think that. You would think. Our, our, see, here's the always the thing we run into yeah we project our own common sense 
logics upon these people, and we sometimes forget the Alinsky trope or the leftist trope, the issue is not the issue. Yeah. So when we look in a vacuum, of course, the common sense conclusion is, of course, that. But the issue is never the issue. It's never about the racism, the racialism, the <clears throat> hoax, the hate crime, the lynching. It's all about there was an, an Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez supporter who's a comedian who tweeted something very interesting the other day. She tweeted, the, I'm paraphrasing her tweet, that the entire point of this is not to change the country, it's to replace it with yeah. a brand new country. No, I agree. I agree with okay, you. Okay, so the point is, all of these aspects are attempts to burn down, like you've talked about over and over again, that Michael Moore line. Well, what, what are we going to do to replace capitalism? I don't know. We'll destroy it. We'll figure that out. We'll figure it out later. Right? Yeah. That's the entire thing. They're not interested in the introspective process of going, was our, that you and I both went right. through as we switched from what we were to what we are, right. where we said, could I be more right here? Am I seeking the way America is seeking to be a more perfect union? Can I be a more perfect thinker? But what you're saying is that our paradigms are different. Yes. The paradigm that we have is truth. Yes. We like truth. We like justice as well. Not the social kind, but the real justice. And we say, look, did this happen? Uh, and, and doesn't that mean something? And we, we assume when we t when we throw it in the face of our leftist friends with evidence, yes. with evidence, we say, ha ha. Um, we assume that they are embarrassed about it because the truth um, is inconsistent with that, what they proclaimed. But yes. the, but but tragically, it does not phase them. Bingo. Right. So it doesn't way, matter right. that Blasey Ford lied and right. Kavanaugh didn't. It doesn't matter that Sandman Covington was just standing there. Right. It didn't matter. The way they view it, yes. the way they view this attack, uh, the Smollett thing, the, Cov the Kavanaugh thing, and uh, Covington, and, and Covington. Northam. Northam. Yeah. The way they view these things is the same way that an army views, you know, taking a hill. Yes. You know, sometimes you try to take a hill. And you just can't conquer it. The enemy is too strong. And, uh, you know, you retreat and you, you pull back and you try to go around the, the, the hill in a different way. Yeah, or surround it or <clears throat> dig under it. It's simply a tactic. Tactics. It's simply tactics for a broader strategy of total destruction right. of this entity called United States of America, which is not a physical place. It is an idea that sits in the hearts and moral values of people. That must be destroyed. It's the idea and the moral values that must be destroyed. That's what they say. That's so right. it's a, like you said. So the tactic of showing everyone that there's a lyncher around every tree and under every rock. That's a technique to make us lose faith that America's goodness. The fact that the Covington kids are these Catholic nice kids were were smirking at this amer amazing native. Uh, see, we can lose faith. We don't belong here. The native belongs here. Right. Uh, the uh, northern. Yeah, well, we'll, uh, we'll I want to get. I want to talk about those issues separately. Yeah. So, but but you see the point I'm I'm saying about the, it, it reflects an attitude because, you know, I look at Facebook a lot. I have a lot of friends uh, and and uh, who are leftists. No, I'm sorry, people who are on Facebook who are leftists that simply have are silent on the issue of. Uh, Smollett. Right. They're silent on what happened with Covington. They they just they're silent. The only thing 
that they seem to be uh, proud of themselves now is Governor Northam. Let's start with him. That they, they and, and then I'll, I'll tell you what, why they're proud of him somehow, or not proud of him, but proud of their response to him. They say, unlike the Republicans, we know to you know chastise and bury uh, you know somebody like Governor Northam for the wrong stuff that he he did. Uh, to which I say, really, are you kidding? I mean, the only time you you bury your 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 person is when what he's done is so outrageous. Like they, become conservative. <clears throat> well, that that too. No, no. When it's become so outrageous that uh, you, you you can't you can't say it with a straight face. So, for example, uh, John Edwards with what happened with him, uh, they had to you know cast him out. Uh, same thing with Anthony Weiner. They had to cast him out. And now no, Governor Northam, they have to cast him out because it's it, it, they just simply can't escape this. They have to run away, get rid of him. But but the others, you know, anyone that's slightly less than that, like Bill Clinton, they didn't cast him out. Uh, what he did was horrific. Uh, Weinstein, in particular, they didn't. They don't cast him out. I mean, he was a Democrat. I mean, all these guys in the celebrities were, were cast outs. Now, <clears throat> the, the entertainment world pointed them out and such, but did you, the, the, the Facebook friends, uh, did they ever say, gosh, you know, I couldn't help but notice that virtually every single one of these Me Too uh, culprits, uh, Weinstein and uh, Kevin Spacey and so far, all of them were, were liberal. Democrats. Yeah. Democrats. You know, oops. You Maybe know. that's not a team I want to be on. Yeah. Yeah, not, they never say that. They don't say that. But, but they are very proud of the Northern, Governor Northam uh, cast out. That's, that's about it there. Now, Governor Northam, I want to talk. Now, let's talk more deeply about that. Yeah, can I just make one quick point that sure. we'll then return to after another, which is just to square the circle on it, is because since these are all tactics, what they do is they always move on to the next tactic. We can't dwell. They, oh, they, they love it. Move, let's move on. Remember, moveon.org. Right. We must move on past Covington. We must move on past Blazy Ford and Kavanaugh. We must move on past Smollett because they're always looking for the next horizon, the next thing to – And but they never get hung up on – the real lynching of, say, the Turning Point USA kid at Berkeley we were talking about earlier, right. which I'm sure right. we'll get to in time. They're simply in that point now of regrouping and looking, like you said, for the next tactic to take the hill. Right. Now that's that's to, all it is. Okay. Now on to Northam. So Northam, um, interesting story. So he uh, – this is you know not a fabricated story uh, necessarily, but it's – Yeah, this one actually happened. It's actually <laughs> happened. Yeah. So – you know, the, the story comes out and they try to nuance it. And first they try to, the CNN at least proclaims that he's a Republican. You know, like that, that, that's a fact checking problem. Yeah, in Chiron, by the way. They don't say it because they know they can't say it. Right. But they understand. See, this is the power of CNN. Most people watch CNN <coughs> in airports with the sound off. Yeah. Right? Right. Or in courthouses where you're just standing there in line and it's just like a crawl, a crawl. right? So they decide to put the Chiron R instead of D, knowing that the silence of how it's seen will, yeah. won't matter. So, okay, but I want to get to the to the northern matter. And so what happened, let me just tell you the background of this. So what really happened, the whole story of this, and this is where the fakeness comes in, and, and everyone should have been suspect and uh, wondered why this story was happening, when it was happening. Uh, so all of a sudden you get this story of like, oh, this, this blackface photo, or, or he, might, he, he might have been a KKK hoodie guy, right? That, all of a sudden, that was a big conversation. But people forget that what happened just before, maybe literally days before, was a, an interview that he gave during a radio broadcast in Virginia where he said that the new Virginia abortion law 
which proposed to allow women to abort their babies up to the time of birth and even after, he was, he was talking crazy. He started saying things like, you know, well, you know, to the extent the baby is born alive, well, then the baby would be made comfortable and uh, then killed, you know. It was uh, literally, and this is not said. He was advocating murder. But more than that, it's the, this is what they did in New York. This is why it's so horrible. It's literally the Kermit Gosnell Legalization Act. I know. It, it, I mean, it was. Wow. Yeah. 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 And they might release Gosnell at some point because, you know, much like they release, uh, you know, guys who, had been, who are now in prison for possessing marijuana. Well, it's legal now, so it, it doesn't make any sense to yes. keep them in prison. Why, why keep them in prison for, for something that we now recognize is allowed to be legal? Right. So same sort of thing. I don't know. With sodomy laws, you know, <laughs> right. you know, OK, well, we allow gay, you know, whatever. So so they might very well release him. Anyway, the. I don't want to get too distracted. The point is that he says this horrific stuff. That was the conversation. That was the real story. And, and the yeah. liberals, the left, did not want this conversation to happen. It was too freaking gruesome, too disgusting, too in your face. And so, you know, the, come on, guys. Let's be a little bit more cynical. This photo uh, of... of um, From his yearbook photo. Yeah, of Northam... You know, a yearbook photo that had been around for thirty plus years. Suddenly, it appears out of nowhere. With wall-to-wall coverage of a yeah. Democrat. Yes. So, so clearly, what they, the the attempt was a, as a wild distraction. Um, you know, so all he's saying is like, you know, what's like, look at the squirrel, look at the squirrel, like in the movie Up, right? Where oh yeah, really squirrel, cute. squirrel, squirrel, <laughs> right? And you know, get 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 away the distraction, and that's exactly what happened. They, it was a brilliant uh, tactic on the part of the left because the last thing they wanted to do was talk about this, this truly gruesome uh, comment that Northam had made about abortion. They, they had this picture for 30-plus years, right? I mean, it was right there in the yearbook, and suddenly it was presented to them. They didn't, they didn't, by the way, they didn't talk about any man that suddenly said, I found this picture and or woman— and now I want to present it uh, because he's such a, a, a terrible governor and I hate him so much. No, no, this, they had this. This was not – somebody had done a lot of opposition research a long time before. They had this photo. Yeah, and they And passed, all of a sudden it came out. Yeah. So, no, the, the timing, and of course, is very suspect. And they it over in the op research and went, well, it's nothing really. And if you actually looked at the photo, it's obviously like a – I'm not justifying it at right, all. Right. But I'm just describing what it really is if you really look at it. It's a guy dressed like a black guy wearing blackface with a guy dressed as a KKK guy. And it's clearly like a Halloween costume joke of a KKK guy going with a black minstrel to a party. Together right. as a, like Ebony and Ivory, like best friends forever, right? And there's, I, I don't find it funny, but someone thought it was funny and they dressed that way. Well, they, they obviously right. thought it was funny, uh, and to put it enough in a, in a yearbook photo. Yeah, and the and the political world that where he and remember, he ran in an election from last October. Clearly, people saw that as uh, political fodder. And they didn't use it because they thought, well, it's benign in right. in some ways, or can be explained <clears throat> away, or would be a low blower, whatever. They right. just didn't use well, it. Well, at this but point, it gets dredged up like you're saying now. Now, <laughs> yeah, it has to be dredged up now because that's all they have, right? As benign as you you may think it is, but it wasn't benign. As it turns out, it did have a lot of electricity to it, and uh, they threw it right now because boom, we can't we cannot possibly discuss the issue of abortion and comfort of the child or anything else like that. I mean, it's, it's insane. Right, post-birth abortion. Right. Yeah. So be cynical on that story. Okay, now yeah. the next story I want to talk about is the Covington story. Um, the, 
that, and again, being cynical about this, here's some kids who are, and we discussed it the, uh, this at length in a previous podcast, these boys from this uh, boys' school, Catholic boys' school called Covington, they're waiting for their bus. Okay, they're on a freaking field trip. On the one side of them is this very angry black mob called uh, the Hebrew they're Nationalist called or something like Israelites. the Black Israelites, <laughs> but they're not. Israelites. No. Like, that's just the name. What they are is they're essentially like a version of the Black Panthers-ish kind of thing. Yeah, it's right. Yeah, they're, they're militant black, anti-white racists. Right, and they they hate America. They hate they, they certainly hate Israel too. They're yeah. certainly not supportive of Israel. Right. Anyway, uh, they they're on the one hand, and then on the other hand, there's the Native American group that are actually very quite peaceful. And at some point, one of them goes over to the black militants and say, "Listen, we're, we're trying to have our own little thing. Could you not?" Yell, yell so much as you are, and, and the black, uh, whatever, whatever the black group is, they, <clears throat> they, they respond in a very vulgar way to the Native American. And, and then the Covington kids are doing nothing. Zero. They're waiting for a bus. Waiting for a bus. Yeah. And for some reason, this Native American goes up to this one kid, Sandman, that we're talking about. And he does this, you know, pounding. Well, he's banging, or he's beating like a drum in the guy's face, which if you've ever had a drum beaten anywhere near, they can be a little loud. It's That's, annoying. And to Sandman's credit, with the tension in the air, he does nothing. Does nothing. Oh, my God, a white guy does nothing. And he, and he says... A crime. And, and his great crime is that he smirks, or it, it appears to be a smirk. But let's say he did smirk. Like, wouldn't you? I believe if you want an <coughs> accurate description of what he did, and this is what you or I would do trying to do nothing in, in an uncomfortable situation, is we would smile uncomfortably or have a... Yeah, whatever. You know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. The point is that... You know, even if you smirk, like, okay, so what? I mean, like, what, what, you just kind of, maybe you, you and I would look to and fro for your guys. Like, can you believe this crap? What's going <laughs> yeah, on here? I'm a, just waiting for my this bus. Is, this is crazy land here. We're waiting right. for a bus. We got these, you know, it was that Jokers and Clowns, you know, like from that, um, you know, uh, Steelers Wheel song. Clowns to the left of me, <laughs> Jokers, Jokers to the, the right. right. <laughs> yeah. I'm stuck in the middle with, stuck in the middle with you. <laughs> with, um, you know. Anyway, uh, the point is that's, that's where he was. And... Uh, the whole nation got caught up in this. And then you had celebrities. I don't want to overdo this, Ari, so let me just go through this. They, they, they started saying horrific things about this boy. Suddenly it was all about the boy being smirky because he had a MAGA hat on and uh, how disrespectful he was to the Native American. And never mind that the Native American came to him, not vice versa. Never, never mind that these boys did absolutely nothing. So the celebrities come out saying, I wish I could just punch this kid. And in fact, I'll give a, a you know, oral sex to somebody, or one of these female celebrities said, uh, so long as they punch him in the face. Uh, weird things. And the whole nation got up upright about this. Uh, never mind, of course, that the video actually came out and totally cleared these boys. They did nothing wrong. And, and one of the saddest part of it is that the, the school itself didn't support these boys. You know, a Catholic boys' school, you would think that they would say, you know, let the evidence come out as it is. But instead, they actually went the way with the social media. Very, very bizarre, very upsetting. They were cleared in every sense of the word. And guess now what's happening is that the, the boys' parents, Sandman in particular, is now suing the Washington Post and many other outlets for defamation, and rightfully so. There's a whole bunch of issues at play there. So... Uh, you know, this is, again, a story of, of cynicism. But they, they, they try to take the hill, Ari, 
and then they have to, in this case, they, they took the hill and they almost got over the hill, but then they were pushed back uh, much later than the um, Smollett matter, for example. So, but you don't see anybody apologizing about that. None. Of, no. I mean, the, the, my liberal friends who proclaim that they did such great things when it came to, uh, you know, attacking North, Northam and casting him out, they don't say anything about Covington and how they, they raced to assumptions vis-a-vis uh, Sandman? Yeah, they if, they, if they really care, just sort of think altruistically here. There was a story the other day that Netflix has paid Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez $10 million for her story, right? She's a socialist. Why is she keeping it? Why right. isn't she spreading it around yeah. to those people who were gypped out of an Amazon job? Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, why doesn't the Washington Post just right now preempt this whole thing and says, we're really starting to examine. Here's a hundred grand. This is not a payoff. This is not a settlement. This is just a hundred grand from us. If you need to keep suing us, fine. We'll have our day in court. But this is just our apology money. Why doesn't a bunch of celebrities who have deep pockets all send them a hundred bucks? Yeah. Just, just as an I'm sorry, and then tweet it. I'm sorry, please. Because if yep. they if they did do such a thing, then they would be conservatives, Ari. Right. They, yeah, uh, yes. That's the point. Exactly. It was a rhetorical <clears throat> question, yeah. of course. They they are. They are uh, not interested in the truth. They are interested in, in taking, taking the hill. The hill yes. That's all. It, it, it's always been this way, and probably always will be this way, and, you know, until they, they lose every single one of their uh, their advocates and their supporters. Look, good news about all this. The good news is that there are going to be many more converts to the conservative cause because of these crazy stories. One thing's for sure: they won't get more people to the leftist cause. You know, no, nobody will look at this Millette story and say, wow, even though it was totally faked, uh, I, I believe this proves that there's more racism going on. Of course I not. I believe her, right? Right. I believe her. Uh, you know, <laughs> yes, I just misgendered Smollett. Sorry. Right, right. Um, you know, uh, they, won't, they won't do that. They won't say, well, because of this, I, I want, you know, I now believe that there is racism uh, and, and I want to give even more money to the Democratic Party. No. <laughs> The best they can hope for, the Democrats, is that these people, that they won't lose them. You know, like, I don't know, it's like being, a, you know, one of my clients, if, if the client is not, you know, exactly happy with a particular motion that I filed or we lose a motion, you know, we might bite our, fo- our fingernails and say, oh, I hope we don't lose this client because we lost this motion. Um, you know, hopefully we'll win the trial. <clears throat> but, you know, you still wonder. But they don't like you more because you lost the motion, right? You just hope that you don't lose them. That's the point. And that's what the Democrats are, are constantly putting themselves in this funny position. And you would think they would talk to, to their, 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 their true believers and say, listen, guys, you and I know that we don't care about truth. I got it. But it turns out about 50% of the country, if not more, do care about the truth. So let's play the game and not invent this crap, okay? Just hold the line, okay, yeah, one way think, or the other. You think the Democrat committee, you know, the national committee, would talk to all the presidential candidates and just say to them, you know what, you can you can chime in morally about what your opinion of an initial story is, but hit it with a little qualifier that if the events turn out to be true, then right. I feel for Smollett. Then I condemn Covington. Right. Then I stand with the hijab girl. Then I stand with Lazy Ford. Right. We, we, right? we need to see where the facts are and whether or not this yeah. is a true story. Yeah. And but if, also, if it is a true story, yes. if it is a true story, then of course we would condemn it. But well, let's see. But that's not to take away the fact that there's real racism in America and wagging the <laughs> yes. finger, fingers and everything else. That's what they they should be doing. The problem is that they they are hoping 
the best they can hope for is to keep their Democratic faithful in line and that notwithstanding these horrific uh, missteps, <laughs> these that they, they, won't, they won't lose these people. That's it. Yeah, remember, we're still taking the hill. Right. That's hill. right. Yeah, remember the mission, guys. <clears throat> so, but the, the, the Republicans, by, by contrast, they don't realize that they are going to lose a lot of people. You and I converted precisely because of reasons like this. Not this specific reason, of course. Yeah, the exact dynamic. The dynamic. We, we felt that the Democrats were lying to us. We felt, because truth was always important to us. Yes. That, that, that never changed. It's not as if when I, became, when I was a Democrat, I didn't care about truth. I always care about truth. That's the problem for them. People that's who care about truth. That's why they lie to you. <laughs> yeah, time. that's right. You know, it's like, uh, it's like the, the Simpsons episode when um, uh, Lionel Hutz, who's a you know, shyster lawyer, <clears throat> and uh, so he's trying to encourage Bart to, you know, be very massaging in his testimony and, and fabricate that he's been hurt more than he has in a traffic accident. So, <clears throat> so he he says to Bart, "Well, why don't you do this?" And he goes, "Well, I don't know. I, I don't think that's what happened." And then, uh, you know, Lisa, his sister, says, "You know, but don't you want to, you know, have him tell the truth?" And he says, "Well, there's the truth, and there's the truth. If you follow me, right? Like he has no interest." In the truth, and that's that's the way it is with the Democrats. They have no so it must be very you know like Lionel Hutz. They're like Lionel Hutz. They 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 are concerned, you know, when they say, oh he, oh, oh that's what it was. Lionel Hutz sees one of his witnesses, uh, and he's being on the stand. He's already on the stand, and they swear him in. The, the cop swears him in and says, do you promise to tell the, the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth? And the guy says very seriously, I do. And Lionel Hutz turns, leans over to Homer at the, uh, the defendant stand, and he says, he seems to be taking that awfully seriously. <laughs> <coughs> it's very cute. So that's the same thing here. They, they, they you know, if, if they had a, a Democrat supporter, they should be interviewing them and saying, well, how seriously, how serious uh, do you value truth? And if they say, oh, truth is, is the most important thing, it matters to me more than anything else, they'll say, thank you very much for coming. Get out. <laughs> yeah, we dismiss you from this jury. Yes, we don't need you. Yeah, right. exactly. From the jury. I like that. Yeah. So, uh, but for those of us who value truth, they're going to be leaving in droves. Right, they don't realize. There's no place for us in that party. No, that's exactly you right. Do. The other thing is the dynamic. You know how, um, and we always fall into this as conservatives, and there's really no way not to, where we say something like, and this became a big story. You right. you'll catch yourself saying that. I think you might have said that once during this. I think I might sure. have. We always. It's really interesting when media tells us what a big story is yeah. when they're the media. I saw this the other day on, on, on during a golf broadcast. It was the exact same dynamic you see throughout the news media. The golf uh, broadcast was talking about a controversy, and then one of the commentators, you know, one of the top commentators in the golf broadcast industry said, and this is a big story, and it's just not going away. And I yelled at the TV, because you're not letting it go away! Right, exactly right. You just told us it's a big story because you're talking about it. Right. And which then makes it a big story. Exactly and that's right. how media works. They tell us such and such is a big story because they make it a big story. Well, yeah, so the bottom line is that it won't go away because they won't let it go away. They're, they're all complicit. And, and not only that, but they also redirect. That's the whole look at the squirrel, look at the squirrel yeah, issue, so they right? <clears throat> so yes. they, they've got to pursue this. And this won't be the last. It'll be another. There's a, despite 
you know, uh, the celebrities hearing how these these never work out, right? It's like a bank robber who thinks, well, he's going to be the one that is able to do to get away with this crime. This is even harder to get away with. You cannot fake being assaulted. It's just too easy to undo. And despite that, you'll see more and more people will claim that they've been attacked by this or that person, or they'll try to, at the very least, interpret words that somebody says as racist or otherwise as a threat. It just it won't stop. And you know, and what the only signal it's sending out, and that's the important part of this. This is the the main message I want to get out: is how people, uh, first of all, they want to believe what they want to believe, but the. I want to talk about the impact that all these stories are having. And it also goes back to the Kavanaugh story, right? You know, it's, it, it, it further dilutes the Kavanaugh story. You and I never believed, what's her name, um, uh, Blasey Ford, Blaise Ford uh, in her testimony. Everything about it was very cliche, like we, we talked about in the very beginning of this podcast. It was all fabricated. You, nothing made sense about it, right? She says, oh, I remember the sofa. I remember the lamp. What, what house doesn't have a sofa or a lamp? As if somehow that's meaningful evidence. No, you, you don't remember anything, lady. There was a driveway. Yeah. A driveway. Yes. Yeah, so there were walls. <laughs> I tell, walls, I tell you. Let's go check to see if this house had walls. Yeah, and, immoral walls. And that's like right. Trump's. We, let's go see if the house has walls. And, 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 and you know, and, um, that's, you know, <laughs> Jake, uh, Jake Tapper, of course, uh, you know, you've, you've been to the house that she's talking about? Yes. Does it have walls? Yes, it does. Yeah, you heard it. Your story checks out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Anyway, the point is that, that it, all these news stories now make us look back, hark back to the Kavanaugh story and, of course, many other stories in the past and just say, look at all the BS that these guys do, right? It's just like one consistent pattern after the other. And you can ask people, you can ask your, your, your true believers to forget each story that turned out to be a lie. You can, you can ask them to do that, but they won't, right? I mean, at some point, they start piecing things together, and that's when they become conservatives. Oh, I can't wait for 2020. I mean, you know, barring the possibility that some horrific economic crisis happens or some horrific scandal pops up that will so destroy Trump, I don't know. I'm tell- or, and barring, of course, uh, our unwillingness to stop voting fraud, because that's a big issue. That's the thing I worry about the most. Barring that, Trump wins re-election, no problem. Because, and they have no idea how many people that they are actually pushing toward our side. No idea. And, and not only that, by the way, I'm not even talking about making them conservatives, which I think they're doing. I think they're doing that very well for us. Thank you very much. But I think that what's really, what they really have to worry about more is that the Democrat who still identifies as a Democrat who's going to vote for Trump anyway. In other words, he'll be a Trump Democrat, like there were Reagan Democrats, right? They'll say, you know, I'm all for the democratic social issues and everything else like that, but let's, let, let's be real here, folks. I mean, Trump is getting the job done, all right? So, yeah, uh, when, when Trump leaves, I'll vote Democrat again. Don't you worry, um, especially if they produce a McCain-type um, nominee. You got it. I'll vote for uh, the Democrat. But... This, they, they have no idea how bad this landslide is going to be. Oh, I love it. At the same time, I, it makes me very tragically sad because I want the Democrat Party to be a strong party, a, a party of ideas, a party of America. And it's not. It's just it's a party of any, everything that's anti-American that 
that that maligns America, that treats America like a disease upon the world. Whereas the Republicans are saying America is really good, really good. I mean, it shouldn't be that. That shouldn't be the discussion board. No, there should, that should be, not be the competition. There should be a Venn diagram kind of overlap. Yeah, we both like America. <laughs> right, but we have, you know, different approaches yeah, and different you know, governing philosophies. But other than that, right. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. So you know, maybe maybe let's I don't know. Like they they prefer <clears throat> that uh, the taxes be slightly higher, and we pre- pre- prefer them to be slightly lower. It's just a, you know small nuanced discussions. But no, 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 no. It has to be whether or not you like America. Yeah. And, and, and isn't that sad, Ari? That if 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 you ask a simple question to any Joe Blow out there, you know nothing about him. You simply ask him, do you love America? Do you think America is one of the greatest forces for good in this, in civilization? And he says, yes. You know that he's conservative. If he says anything other than yes, you know that he's a liberal or lefty, actually. And, and he's a Democrat. And that's where the dividing line has, has come. And then they dare say that we're the ones polarizing? We? Yeah. And I've, I've learned a new thing, you know, uh, I, I share my new things on this wonderful podcast. My new thing is this. Okay, okay, so that's your answer. Why are you here? Yeah, that's too easy. Too easy. Go to Iran and start a new country. They need a new country there. Well, they don't have to go to Iran if they love Sweden no, so just, much. I mean, you know, there's I'm so many other countries there are available. Of countries that need improving over what they ah, currently yeah, are. Why right. don't you pick the country that's basically the worst place to live, you know, the biggest asshole, as Trump called it, and fix that place yeah, with your ideas? That's right. That's all they need to do. Uh, but and they, look, they have answers to that. I, we won't yeah, bother it's that. about the hill, as we talked about. Yeah, yeah of course it is. It's it's. Uh, look, Ocasio Cortez just said, just said, that she wants to completely change the entire country. We want we want a, a whole new country, is what she said. Right. Those are the exact words that she said. We want a whole another apostrophe n o t h e r, whole another country. Okay, this country is not good enough for her. She obviously doesn't like this country. That's that's weird to me. But that is the dividing line. And this is and these stories that we're all talking about are attempts to malign this country, attempts to reorient your way of thinking about it. And truth in the process means absolutely nothing. But here's the great news. Truth does mean a tremendous amount to people like you and me, and I dare say about 80% of the, of the country. And that means that we will do very well in 2020 because people do not like BS. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you next week.